money. We earn it. We spend it. We want it. We need it. We lend it power. We love it. We hate it. We gift it. We gamble with it. We fight about it. We carry shame about it. We hide it. We save it. We spend it. We watch it. We ignore it. And we definitely do not talk about it in the constructive ways that we should. Welcome to The Safe Haven, a space for stories to be shared about the lights and darks, highs and lows of life. In her experience as a certified financial planning professional, Martha Adams has spent her career helping her clients plan and achieve their financial goals. Throughout this journey, she discovered a common theme that she was determined to change, the negativity around financial conversations. This is where Martha's educational background in both business and education shines as she brings her heartfelt compassion, experience, and knowledge to uplift, empower, and educate those she works with. Her passion for changing the conversation around money and finances has become the focus of her life's work. In this conversation, Martha asks me some real questions that I certainly didn't anticipate, and my emotions lend a real-life example of some feelings that can come up when we start talking about money. I feel like this timing could not have been better for us to have a conversation about money. Isn't it, though? It is incredible the way it worked out, because we actually connected a little while ago, and none of this was really... Mm -hmm. Right. This this current, uh, you know, world situation was not as as it is now. And mm-hmm. so I'm I'm incredibly grateful that we get to talk about this now. Yeah, me too. Are you able to start our listeners with a little bit of a timeline on how you got to where you're at? It really is about my story. And uh, I got to where I am now by embracing my story And uh, so let me tell you, um, let me share with you a little bit about that. So I grew up in a wealthy neighborhood, not being materially wealthy. Uh, My parents were immigrants to Canada and uh, they came here and started from scratch so that my sister and I, who they didn't even know yet because my sister and I were born here, we could be raised in uh, an incredible environment with incredible opportunity. So that was the platform that they wanted us to have. So in the area that I grew up in, I was incredibly different. So for many, from my parents' perspective, it was you know setting me up in a way that everything could be working for me. And the reality that I was living in was that in a way, everything was working against me. So I wasn't materially wealthy. I didn't look like the kids around me. And uh, the same language and culture wasn't within my home. And um, so I, and I didn't wear what the other kids did. I was in every way different. Now, as an adult, that's something that is more popular for us to actually celebrate of course, we know that as kids, that is absolutely a, a deterrent, right? Being different is mm-hmm. is not what you want. So, so as a child, I was actually really heavily bullied, um, which was, uh, you know, something that I could have taken to work against me. Now, one of the gifts that I really had 
growing up was the fact that I took all of that and looked inward. So I turned inwards for my strength to say, how do I do something that I teach now, which is called emotionalizing to the mm. positive. Mm -hmm. So creating the positive emotions, taking the gifts of all of those experience, experiences rather to help me be more of who I am versus taking away from who I am. That's a lot of self-awareness. And you know what? And it was such a gift growing up to, uh, to have that. Now, at times, I didn't necessarily recognize what I was doing. I was mm. doing that. And so I was unconscious of, of what was happening. And um, so whether how that came about, I felt was truly a gift to me. And I feel an immense responsibility to that gift. Okay. And so I carried that throughout my life. And that's why that's a big part of why we're having this conversation mm -hmm. today. And at the center of all of that, at the center of all of those experiences was money. And a negative conversation around money can very easily grow from that. Mm -hmm. And it would grow like a weed, right. right? How can I instead have it grow as a fruitful tree to the positive? Mm -hmm. That's been my goal. And that's incredible because I think of how many people will shut down the conversation of money so quickly that you can't mm -hmm. have it or that there's so much shame or embarrassment laced mm -hmm. around that conversation or habits mm -hmm. that we've had or things that we've learned, just the fact that you don't mm -hmm. talk about it. And the reality is, is you have to talk about it. Yeah, there has to be really a really positive conversation about money. And thinking about my past, even, I mean, in certain relationships that I have had, money either didn't come up until it was too late or mm -hmm. there was such a such a neglect to that conversation to work in a positive manner working forward on a financial level together. Mm -hmm. And that's the situation for so many of us. I mean, money wasn't really discussed mm -hmm. and it was observed. And even if it was discussed, often it was said that it shouldn't be discussed, mm -hmm. right? So now what's happened through all of that, all that's taken place is having negative associations with money, mm -hmm. right? So if we take my upbringing, for example, it's so easy for me to have very negative views and feelings around money, right? Mm -hmm. Because I could very easily associate money with people with bad attitudes, Okay, right? And that's something that we really often do. And you hit a really, really important point. We don't talk about it, mm -mm. right? So all of that gets locked away. Now, here's the thing with it being locked away. It's going to show up in our lives somehow. Mm -hmm. And it's showing up in our lives without us realizing it. Because if we have a negative association or negative associations, and ultimately a negative relationship with some aspect of money, it's simply not going to be fruitful right. as we'd want it to be. Mm -hmm. So as I was growing up, there were elements of my life that led me to my passions. Mm -hmm. So if I look at grade six, right? 
So I told you that I was feeling very different, mm-hmm. very isolated. Now that's a, that's a very powerful feeling that a lot of us have, right? Within us, feeling isolated. Yeah. Now in, in grade six, um, so I went to a public school and uh, there was funding cuts. So we couldn't go on the school trip that we were meant to go on. So I loved what our grade six teacher did. And she said, you know, we have two choices here. So we were 11. She could have just really easily said or ignored the whole thing and and not told us anything about it. And there's no school trips and that's it. Mm -hmm. But she took it as a teachable moment. Like, look at the power that teachers have Mm -hmm. to the positive. And she really impacted my life here in this moment, in this decision that she made. Because she sat in front of us in fact, actually stood in front of us. She was at the board. And she said, you know, here's, here's what's taking place. Here's the, the reality of the world. Now, the reality is what we choose. We could choose to be defeated by that reality. Or we could take our power back with our own choice. Mm-hmm. That was the positive messaging that I chose to internalize, right? Mm-hmm. Because she said... We can accept that fate or we can create our own. So we can raise the money ourselves. Now, raising the money didn't mean going out and saying to our parents, I want you to give X amount of money so that we can raise money for the trip. We could, of course, do that. But what she did instead was to say, how can we earn the money? I like this teacher. I like this teacher too. God bless her. She's she's amazing. And so now what did she do? She had a bunch of 11 year olds that the world would very easily write off Mm -hmm. and said, Hey, let's mastermind this, right? Not terms that she necessarily used at the time, but messaging that she impressed upon us. Mm -hmm. And so we started masterminding. Now what happened? I was myself. I found the piece of myself that was the seed I could grow. We were talking business. We were talking business ideas. And business ideas could be positive. It didn't have to be the big, bad business, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the creativity. You're allowing creativity. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so now these kids that could be cliquey mm-hmm. were working together. Right. How great can business be? So I started coming up with ideas, really contributing, really being a part of the conversation instead of being in the corner. And then ultimately we came up with the idea that we would start a chip store. We said, okay, there were, so, there were needs in the uh, school that Uh, weren't being met. The kids didn't have any access to snacks, right? Mm -hmm. So we turned the gym into a chip store and started selling chips. And then, (laughs) so we learned business, right? We learned um, opportunities, right? Demand. And then we also, in a way, learned financing because we didn't have any money to start the business. But the chip bill wasn't due until 30 days after. So it gave us the chance to raise the money to pay the first bill. 
And we were responsible from everything from A to Z. Mm-hmm. How cool is that? That's amazing. What a fabulous way to learn real world experiences from a young age. Right? Yeah. There's not enough but of that in school, I'll tell you. So you're very fortunate. <laughs> I, I am fortunate, but I'll tell yeah. you something. A lot of us, and truly to the core of me, I believe, and I really want the listeners to hear this. We truly all are fortunate. It's up to us to choose. What does that mean? We are to find the gifts. And sometimes they're hidden. But when they're hidden, they're that much more precious. You see, I could have really easily allowed the negative to overtake all of those gifts. But when I pause to look back with a positive lens, when I pause to embrace my story, that's one of the things we started by talking about, right? Mm -hmm. Embracing the story. Then you begin to see more of yourself. You start to see how every element of your story has made you who you are today. And at the center of that is your money story. Mm -hmm. And so then you can allow your past to not define you but enrich you. Mm-hmm. What would you say the, the couple few steps are that would help someone break through the narratives that they keep telling themselves that are negative about money? Mm, good. So this is actually the platform on which I started my financial planning practice, my independent wealth management practice rather. So uh, the first thing is you've got to embrace your story because the thing is you're not used to having a productive or effective, most importantly, effective conversation about money. Mm -hmm. So you haven't allowed yourself yet. You haven't been given the tools. That's the most important thing. You haven't been given the tools to allow yourself an effective conversation on money. Mm -hmm. So therefore you don't have a conscious awareness yet of what you say. Mm -hmm. You've got to start listening got to start listening to yourself. Mm-hmm. And that includes not just everything that you're saying out loud, it's also internally. And that's what's most powerful. That's right. That's what's most powerful. Mm-hmm. Because often what will happen is, um, well, we, in one way or another, we've actually been taught to give away our power to someone else when it comes to our money story. Mm-hmm. We haven't connected with it. So we go to see a financial professional and we give them our power. Tell us what to do. So you've got to embrace your story. You've got to start to form a conscious awareness. Then you've got to choose. So if I'm going to break it down into three things, it's embrace, shift, commit. Okay. So you're going to embrace your story, embrace the way you feel Mm -hmm. one piece of your story at a time. You're going to choose to shift that because you've got to understand what's serving you and what isn't. If it's not serving to uplift you or push you forward, let me tell you, it does not belong to you. So take back your power through the power of choice. Now, what do I mean by commit? You see, the thing is you've told yourself something negative for so long. So do you think that overnight it's going to change? Right. So you've got to commit to that new positive 
messaging, to that new truth. Mm-hmm. And you've got to repeat that. That's where the commitment really comes in. You've got to repeat it because that's how you truly replace the untruth with the truth. Mm-hmm. I've had so many fabulous conversations too about those, whether you call it present tense journaling or something that you Mm -hmm. can actually repeat or an affirmation that you can do daily. And that Mm -hmm. is, it is so powerful for rewiring your subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And when it comes to money, we're just simply not aware of the things we say. So perhaps it might be helpful for the listeners if we give a specific example. Okay. So here's... Uh, here's one inside I'm still a poor girl so often when I'm when I'm coaching someone things come out I hear them and we don't give a statement like that the power that it deserves so I'll take that and I go and I put it on the board we were we were talking before I'm also a teacher and I love the whiteboard it makes me so happy so I go yeah. up to the, <laughs> right? so I go up to the board and um and I write it You see, when we just say something, we're not conscious as to how it's actually affecting our lives. Mm -hmm. There's something very different about seeing it. That's right. Right? Yeah. So so I go up to the board and I'll, I'll write it. Now, I want you to picture that with me. Inside, I'm still a poor girl. What do you think the feeling is behind that? It'd be awful. It would be sad. Mm -hmm. Yes. Sad. Mm -hmm. Bang on. You've got it. And I want the the listeners, I want to, with all my heart, just lovingly ask you whether you're connecting to this one or you're connecting to something that you say. If that's coming up for you right now, I want you to connect to that, right? Because I want you to benefit from our conversation as much as possible. That's why we're here. So the feeling behind it, you got it. It's sad. Inside, I'm still a poor girl, right? All sorts of sad memories start surfacing. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you think the belief is behind that statement? I feel like if you've said that, the belief would be that that's still in existence. Yes. And that it's going to continue. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You're not only taking the past into present, but you're guaranteeing its future mm-hmm. because that's what you're repeating. So there's the result. That's right. It's just going to be cyclical and it's going to keep going. Yes. Now let's get into how we try to change that. So what happens is we might not be fully aware of that. So then we go to the financial industry often to say, okay, well, I want to be financially empowered. I don't want to be a poor girl anymore. So I'm going to go and I'm going to be financially empowered. When you go to the financial industry, talk to me about your impressions of it. How does it feel for you? How does the conversation feel for you? finances. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to go to the financial industry and yeah. sit down with a financial professional. Me now this is this is getting personal too even just because when I look at some past relationships that I've had I mm-hmm. mean I dated an accountant so money was mm-hmm. always talked about but I was always made to feel like I was making decisions that were going to not be so positive in the future. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. I hit a rebellious stage where I literally threw the middle fingers up and was like, watch this trick. I started flying around the world with one-way tickets Mm -hmm. and just like, you know, I was supporting myself, but I didn't have to worry about anyone else's decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, I mean, even in more recent relationships, if money comes up, it's something that there's a fear about not being able to get ahead. And for myself, I mean, there's 
maybe some judgments that I don't know where they come from on why people spend their money the way that they do. Mm -hmm. And so for myself, I mean, I don't have to worry about anyone else and their money as much as I need to worry about myself. And so if Mm -hmm. I need to worry about myself, I try not to let other people's opinions affect how I live my life. But the reality is, is that they do. And because money hasn't been such a a positive conversation in my life, and there's always been that safety of the jobs that I've had, or why would you, I'm going to give you an example here. I worked for the LCBO. And if you're a listener and is, you are not in Ontario, it -hmm. is the Liquor Control Board of Ontario. And that's where we sell alcohol. And it is a very a well-paying unionized job that I went from making $14 an hour to $25 an hour in the matter of four years. You know, I was, I loved the income. I loved making that. That helped get me through university. But when I went to quit that job before I got a full-time teaching job and was looking at buying a one-way ticket to Australia, that was something that was not supported by the ones mm. that I love the most. They're looking at me like, mm. you are quitting a fabulous job that will financially help you out in so many ways. What are you doing? You're working towards a pension. I hate the P word, by the way. I hate <laughs> the P word. I hate it. And I hate how much that becomes a limiting belief for so many mm-hmm. people that oh, I have a job that has a pension. Therefore, I need mm-hmm. to stick with it. I hate my job, mm-hmm. but I'm going to stick with it because, you know, mm-hmm. Freedom 55. Like literally my throat shocker clams up when I start talking about the P word because, Uh right, it's there's the fear of the Freedom 55, got to hit Freedom 55. And and then that means that the that you spend so much of your life in a job that you don't like, but it's because Uh you don't know how to have positive conversations about money. Absolutely. And you hit a really key point there, limiting belief, Mm -hmm. right? Those are those negative narratives. Absolutely. And you are, in a lot of cases, internalizing those beliefs. And mm-hmm. you you really have to push, mm-hmm. right, to become more of more of yourself. Now, a lot of times that can come from, from the negative when done for you effectively, when, when you utilize your power effectively, mm-hmm. it can be done from the positive right? And that's actually at the core of emotionalizing to the positive. Mm -hmm. You hit on so many awesome points in your life. And I'm, I'm so honored. And I want to thank you for sharing some of your story, because I'll tell you, it's not easy. And I could, I could feel it in you. It really isn't easy to share your money story. I had to kind of stop myself there because a conversation about money tends to get me a bit fired up. And I don't really have a fiery personality, but I would say that there's Mm -hmm. a couple things in the world that when they come out on the table and we're going to talk about them, that so many emotions do come up for me. And Mm -hmm. I'm a very, very self-aware human being. I'm able to acknowledge and be aware of my emotions and the things that come up. And I know myself very well. Having Mm -hmm. said that, There are different things that come up around the money conversation that I might have different perspectives than those that I love. And therefore, Mm. I kind of avoid the conversation completely, even though it needs Mm. to happen. Or in the Mm -hmm. past, it has been a conversation that has been completely avoided 
because mm-hmm. I know how someone else feels about a specific situation and I just don't want to go there because I don't want to rock the boat. The reality mm-hmm. that I have found is that I actually feel so much closer in a relationship if the conversation of money comes out sooner than later so that I can at least assess values and make sure that we're on the same page because I've had relationships in the past that the the conversation of money has come out so late in the game that it's basically mm-hmm. destroyed the relationship. Mm-hmm. Because there's been Absolutely. so much shame yeah. and guilt and embarrassment built up on something that it's like, you think I'm actually going to give you a hard time about this for being being vulnerable with me? And the answer is no. <laughs> but mm-hmm. that's their yeah. own narrative coming through, right? Yes, absolutely. You said it, their own narrative. Now, here's the thing. You have said a lot of key points there. If we go back for just a moment to the relationship with the with the accountant listen god mm-hmm. bless him you know we, we i have no idea who he is but yeah. you know i we we wish him well he's doing he's fine he's doing fine it's great very thrilled for him okay so you know it'd be so funny if he was listening right now <laughs> maybe one day maybe one day but at least he'd know we wish him well yes um so you said a really, really key point there, which was ultimately that you were being spoken at. That's right. N- not with, mm-hmm. right? And that's very representative of the financial world. The other thing you talked about was your emotions. Mm-hmm. And you talked about influences, right? So when it came to your family and the pension and judgment, whether it was from past relationships or family, friends, maybe even perhaps you didn't mention friends, but it could, it could have been for sure, right? Well, that, that mm-hmm. could have happened as well. And that money and emotions, you talked about money and emotions. And then, um, and that association was to the negative. And because that's what we're taught, money and emotions work, that combination can only work against you. That's something that is woven through our money story. And you talked about the word avoidance. Listen, that's what the negative ultimately does. So this is actually a really perfect point to talk about why I started my practice. So this is exactly what I am heart driven to change to the positive, because I believe that we are not limited by these beliefs because I believe they can change. We just need to be given the tools to change them. Mm -hmm. So as I embraced my story, as I look to become more of myself, you know, I discovered my passion for business. I also discovered my passion for education. I obtained degrees in both of those, a commerce degree and a degree in education. And then uh, I looked to break through the limiting beliefs of, you know, if you had a commerce degree, you had to be X, Y, or Z. If you had an education degree, okay, good for you. You've got to be a teacher and you've got to teach high school mm, right. entrepreneur courses, which I did. But I always told my students, you can be great at more than one thing. You can combine your gifts to really develop your passions, right? Now I practice what I, what I taught. So I had always seen myself talking about money. Even me getting a commerce degree and an education degree combined, that was very against the tide, 
right? I told you that my parents were immigrants and they had a very specific view of success. When your parents were talking to you about the LCBO, mm-hmm. right? And the, uh, the pension, mm-hmm. they have a very specific view of success. Now that was passed down to them, right? That didn't just appear. That's part of their money story. Mm-hmm. You know, for my parents, I call it the fab five. That is part of their money story as to what success is. And you've made it as a parent if, you know, your child is a, a dentist, a doctor, a pharmacist, an engineer, and the um, consolation prize number five is if you are a government employee with a good pension. Hello, LCBO. Mm-hmm. Right? That's, <laughs> so, right? That's right. right? And so that, there, there you go. You are, you've made it as a parent, one of those things. Here I am. I want to go into commerce. What? When mm-hmm. people study, mm-hmm. people study these things. Mm-hmm. Um, right? And yet in any of those things that, that they like, aside from the, the government position, you would have to be an entrepreneur. If you were going to be a doctor, very likely you were going to have your own practice or a dentist or a pharmacist, right? A lot of these people that they felt were successful had their own businesses. They were entrepreneurs, right? Mm-hmm. But the, the idea of studying commerce was looked down upon. When I, when I got my um, education degree, they were like, thank God, she's going she's gonna to be a teacher. She's going to have a good pension. This is great, right? And mm-hmm. then I said, no, I don't, I don't want to do – I taught at a private school, right? <laughs> that was, mm-hmm. that was uh, definitely against the tide. I was always against the tide. But I emotionalized that to the positive because I learned to understand my perspective so that I could understand theirs. You see, when you embrace your money story – and your perspective, which is not what we're taught to do, you can start to see others and you can start to apply empathy. Now, that allows you to become more of yourself. You're not the victim, you're the victor. And your approach to money becomes very different. So I combined my degrees and I said, I'm going to start an independent wealth management practice in which I will change the conversation on money. Which is so incredible. Well, I, uh, that's humbling. So thank you. I appreciate that. So I was in, I was in my 20s. You know, that, that takes some, you know, cojones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? I'm going to push against the tide as a young girl in, in her 20s, where the average age of an independent advisor was something along the lines of 50 and not a woman. No, I was just going to say that. (laughs) Definitely not a woman. And I grew the practice. I'm grateful to say in the grand scheme of things relatively quickly. So what did that mean? Right. Even as an independent, I was, I'd be at certain events. I'd be with fund managers one-on-one or smaller groups, right. You'd be invited to, to those to those things. And I was, that was very, very important to me to, uh, cause I was a, a really protective mama bear when it came to my clients. So meeting and, and really, you know, lovingly grilling fund managers was really important to me. I'm a real geek for anything business and finance. So anyhow, when I start the conversation, it was always on the platform of education. Now, what did I believe financial education was? It was very different than what the world believes financial education is. So when I say financial education, I'd love to hear the associations that come up for you. What is financial education? Oh gosh. Um, I would think it would be learning how to invest, how to save, how to manage any debts that you have in a, mm-hmm. in a good way to be yes. aware of and responsible for any payments that you have, but also yes. 
aware of shifting your money around in different places to benefit yourself most with interest rates. Yeah. Excellent. Bang on. That is what so many of us, in fact, the vast majority of us, I would say 97% of the world believes that that is, because that's what we're taught, that's financial education. Mm -hmm. Now, can you imagine going to post-secondary before you had any of your elementary and uh, like basically K through through 12 education. Could you imagine that? No, I know. But I think I know where you're going with this because that's exactly what happens with finances is because we don't yes. learn enough about it. It's like, sweet, you're an adult, jump in and you have no yes. idea what to do. So you have to trust the people that are titled a financial advisor or an accountant or someone in money management because you have yes. not learned the fundamentals yourself early on. Absolutely. Yeah. So first of all, started at the finish line, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's where we've started. And that's what's been expected of us. You said it bang on. We're just thrown in. And we're like, here, you should know. And you said two key words earlier. You said guilt and shame. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to work to obliterate all of that. So this is my passion. So that's why I wrote the book. That's why I, I left this practice that I grew from scratch, right? Imagine that against the tide, built it, grew it, brought it to, to where it is. And, and more than that, everyone that I worked with, money's at the center of our lives. And they allowed me to be at their center. And so these are people, like when I talk to you about them, I see their faces. It's beyond, you know, the numbers or the files or the, the graphs and charts. These are lives. These are stories, and so to have had their, their loving support, because I had to leave my practice to, to focus on changing, a mess- uh, changing the messaging, rather, I couldn't do the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Of course, I was going to be limited in my boardroom. So I had to leave everything that I knew, everything that I worked to build to say, let's bring bigger, positive change, right? Let's change the narrative. And to do that, we've got to connect with our own story. So that's what the the book is written around, connecting to our own money story. When did you write the book? So uh, the the book was actually launched um, the week of International Women's Day. Oh, wow. Yeah. So uh, Cleopatra's Riches is is the book. And uh, it was definitely um, a heart-led passion project. A lot of loving tears were shed in the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, when I write, my goal is to be present there with the reader. I don't take the responsibility of being an author lightly. I mean, what's happening is just like uh, when I was in the practice and people were welcoming me, welcoming me rather into their story. Here with the book, people are welcoming me into their story, into their homes. And mm-hmm. so what an awesome gift to be able to sit with someone and have a conversation. And that's what, that's what happens in the book as we actually unfold your money story so that you can truly take your power back. And that's where I give the tools to say, here's how you do it, right? Here's where you actually begin. Now we can shift the narrative from being that of, direction when it comes to our finances to being guidance. So we're not looking for direction anymore. We're not looking for someone to tell us what to do. 
we are coming from a position of guidance and collaboration. We're going to work together. Is the framework of the book, Cleopatra's Riches, Mm -hmm. in a way that it is you, Mm -hmm. as the writer and the author, you are asking questions for the reader to reflect on or to write write things down, maybe in a notebook or something like that to really dig deep and turn introspective? So the conversation, so the book is is a conversation. Okay. And it's a guide through your money story, your life experiences, one layer at a time. So it's called Cleopatra's Riches because at the center of it is emotionalizing to the positive. And I, I told you that I grew up um, very different than than my surroundings. My my parents immigrated from Egypt, and uh, every Egyptian mom really does tell their daughters that they are a direct descendant of Cleopatra, and I was no exception to that. Mm-hmm. And so, and I believed it. Like growing up, I believed. I was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing, and and I emotionalized that to the positive. I uh, said to myself, you know, this girl that's so different than all of her surroundings, right? And isn't materially wealthy, has the blood of the ancient Egyptians, right? And the richness of that coursing through her veins. How cool is that, right? It's amazing. And yeah. so when and when I grew up and found out that every Egyptian mom tells her their daughter that, when I would hear the other <laughs> girls say that, I was like, what do you mean? Yeah. You know, that's yeah. me. But um, it, didn't, it didn't matter because... Mm. I had a positive association with it, mm-hmm. right? I chose to see the positive and what that did for me. That's what was growing. That's what I was feeding. Mm-hmm. So that's why the book is called Cleopatra's Riches. And it teaches the reader how to connect to their money story. Not just connect, but shift then from uh, the negative over to the positive take their power back and learn to enrich their life as they earn, grow, and enjoy money in the balance that they want, in the way that they want to truly create the riches in their life. Mm -hmm. It's a really special thing you're doing. Like really, really special thing you're doing. I would love to shift a tiny bit into a conversation around how we can be more aware of our finances in this time of a global pandemic. Mm-hmm. One of the things that you were saying earlier is our emotions around money are to the negative, right? Mm-hmm. Well, right now, our emotions are amplified. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And if we have statements like the one that we talked earlier, right, where, um, that we gave earlier of inside, I'm still a poor girl. And you really accurately said the feeling behind that is sad. Well, that sadness is going to get amplified right now. And that belief is also going to become amplified, right? It's going to get louder. So if that's, if that's in your head, mm-hmm. it's going to get louder. Right. That is what will, you know, this pandemic's for a specific period of time. Amplifying those negative feelings and beliefs is what will cause the effects of this period of time to be long-lasting or even worse, permanent, if we don't embrace our feelings. You see, when our feelings are negative, we don't want to address them, right? Because, well, it's something negative, so we avoid it. 
But when we avoid it, it hasn't gone away. And the other thing is when we have negative feelings, we feel judged, ridiculed, shame, guilt. So we keep those locked away inside. But what I really believe we can do, what I know, in fact, we can do because I see it take place, I facilitate this all the time, is having both productive and effective conversations about the way you feel. The way you feel, here's what I want you to know, the way that you feel, your emotions can be your greatest asset, not your liability. But the first thing you must want to do, not need. Need doesn't drive you. Need doesn't fuel you. Mm-mm. Want does. And so what I want to ask you to do is to first want to become more of yourself. You see, your emotions make you you and only you. No one can feel for you. So embrace mm-hmm. the way you feel with judgment-free understanding. A powerful shift that I've had or a powerful shift that I've actually moved into with, Mm -hmm. well, with myself over the last few years, but also just Mm -hmm. something that I share with my students and those that I love the most is changing your perspectives on emotions to understand that they make you so special Mm -hmm. and so human and to honor them as such. Because if you are able to acknowledge and bring an awareness into each emotion that you Mm -hmm. feel Mm -hmm. and embrace it as such... But also shift your mind to think of how you Mm -hmm. are accepting this. So if it's sadness, for example, instead of saying Mm -hmm. I am sad, "Mm -mm, no, you're not, you're you, but you are experiencing sadness or you are feeling sad or I'm frustrated, Mm -hmm. I'm angry. No, you're not. You're experiencing that. That is what, that's the emotion Mm -hmm. that you're experiencing and that it will pass. But I feel like there's something so powerful about just allowing yourself to feel the emotions and you learn so much by sitting with them and working through them instead of trying to get over them. It's funny, right, right in the book, one of the things that I say is not enough to say I'm over it. No, that's right. Yeah. I love what you say about really honoring your emotions. So two things, I agree, you know, it's not enough to say I'm over it. And Uh, Another thing I talk about is that it's not enough to say, in fact, it does not serve you to say, well, that's just the way it is. A lot of times we are defeated Mm -hmm. by our emotions. So then we feel that Mm -hmm. they're a liability. For sure. Yeah. But you see, the way you feel about money is within your money story. You've got to connect to your story. And that's where I break it up for you. So it's actually in a pyramid. Of course, you know, That's um, right. <laughs> this is a great opportunity to connect to yourself. And especially like, so during this pandemic, it is an excellent time to truly turn inwards to see yourself so that you can choose the rest of the story. A lot of times when it comes to money, we feel that the story chooses us. That's not actually true. We choose our story. It could have been very easy for me to say I'm of a certain class when it comes to a wealth or lack thereof. So that's all I will ever be. In one way or another, that would have absolutely worked against me, right? To say, okay, well, wealth or or a certain income level only belongs to those people, the other kids I grew up with, right? Or or connections or 
right? All of these beliefs, you've got to know someone. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you something. I didn't know anyone. I didn't know anyone. And what I knew was the essential. And this is why I want the listener to really hear me here. All you need to know is the essential. And the essential is you. It's all built around you. And you are truly beautiful. Your story is rich. Mm -hmm. And your past does not define you. It enriches you. Mm -hmm. That's what I believe. And your story was built in layers. A lot of times when we say our story, we get overwhelmed by it because there's so much. Mm -hmm. Right? Let's break it down. Let's start by talking about your origins and your upbringing. Not just your upbringing. Where did your upbringing come from? Those messages that you received, where did they come from? Then the community that you grew up in, right? So I started to share my money story with you. You started to share your money story with me and and all of those that we're so blessed to be sitting down with today. Our origins and upbringing, our community... Then from there, societal messages. This is all as we grow up. This is all over time, right? First, we know our home. Then we know the area that we grew up in. Now we're much more open to hearing and being influenced by societal messages. But see, this is all in order because, uh, you know, the home that we grew up in is going to amplify the other messages. Now... We're at a point that you started to talk about relationships. You see, how can we have an effective conversation on money in a relationship if we don't know our own story? How can we know someone else's story or share our story if we don't know our own? So now we have all sorts of uncommunicated expectations that lead to miscommunication, um, right? Avoidance. Mm -hmm. So we're in a negative communication cycle. And I talk about all of this. You see, the way we truly embrace ourselves, and we're we're going full circle here. Now we've come full circle, is embracing our story. This is what I truly want for you. This is what I truly believe you can achieve, you can conquer, because it's your story. Mm Mm-hmm. I think another massive shift to go hand in hand with all of this is if you understand, this goes right Mm -hmm. back to A Course in Miracles, and I've read so Mm -hmm. many different interpretations of it, and I Mm -hmm. love it so much. If you think of everything that you say, every action you take, everything that you hear Mm -hmm. is from a place of Mm -hmm. love or fear, that will help you shift even the stories that you are hearing around you. So in conversations or when you're hearing different people's opinions or things that they're saying about your particular situation. If you pause and you can just have that moment to analyze, is this from a place of love or is this Mm -hmm. from a place of fear? That alone helps you interpret the messaging. Because if someone is coming at you about, I can't believe you quit that job. It has a full pension. Like, how can you ever do something Mm -hmm. like that? That's fear. Mm -hmm. That's fear. That's not... That's not actually from a place of love Mm -hmm. and trust. That's from fear. And it's maybe not even fear for you. It's fear for them because they can't Mm -hmm. imagine being in a situation like that or or, or making that decision themselves. And that's okay. (laughs) Completely agree. And to build on that, to make truly effective decisions for you, being connected to your own story from the positive. Because a lot of times we could, I could very easily make decisions out of spite. 
And that is to the negative because I can very easily place things on someone and say, um, okay, they're speaking to me out of, uh, um, out of fear. So I'm going to judge them and I'm going to do something out of, out of spite, which doesn't serve me. Not fully. There could be a piece of it that's, that's positive, but the whole thing isn't necessarily positive. To connect to yourself, to connect to your story allows you to truly hear yourself because as you connect yourself to yourself rather and to your story, you've got to do that from your perspective. How did it mm-hmm. seem for you? How did it feel for you? Your perspective. Yeah, it it takes a deep dive. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Right? So we've seen the facts. We haven't seen ourselves. And it's once you begin to see yourself that you can become more of yourself. And this time is the time for that. Because this is the time to become more of yourself, to choose to become more of yourself. It's so powerful. Martha, this is so, so great. That means so much. I'm so humbled and honored and grateful (laughs) um, to be chatting with you. I love, love, love our conversations. And I... I'd love to um, take this opportunity to thank the the listeners for um, staying with us this this entire time, and um, I'm truly, truly humbled that you would, you know, honor me with uh, the the opportunity to sit down with you and have this conversation today. So, from my whole heart, thank you. Thank you. And if people are interested in this book, Cleopatra's Riches, I'm going to put all of the links below in the podcast notes. But is there anywhere that they can reach out, follow a social yeah. media account, hear more from you? So to hear more from me, uh, the website is www.marthaadamsmedia.com. On Instagram, it is uh, Martha Adams Media. So at Martha Adams Media. The book Cleopatra's Riches is available on Amazon uh, internationally. So um, Canada, the US, the UK, it is, it's available. Congrats on that. That's a, that's, a, that's an accomplishment in itself to have Thank you so a book much. published too. Thank you so much. And there's I have lots of resources available. So if you follow me on on social media, you'll you'll see those resources. There's also a free Facebook group that I have to help encourage the positive financial conversation. And it is in fact called the positive financial conversation with Martha Adams. So if you if you search that on Facebook, yeah, that's easy to find. Yeah, easy to find and accurate. So there you go. So that's um, that's what it is. So I would be honored and humbled to um, to help serve you there. Yeah, that's great. I will link that. Thank you so so much. Thank you so much. Martha, thank you again so much for your time. I already look forward to having you back on the safe haven again in the future. And to my listeners, I encourage you to reach out to Martha and follow her account so that you too can have these crucial conversations with pride and positivity. Martha is committed to the process and to keeping the conversation moving forward. A simple way that you can help this podcast grow is to screenshot your podcast screen while you're listening to this podcast and share it with your friends. Be sure if you're tagging it on a social media account that you are tagging us so that we can thank you personally for it. Thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you next week.